Welcome to another episode of Aunt Blanche's Story Corner as we continue to anticipate Christmas together. This story today is going to take us back to pioneer days and the little house on the prairie. Some of you in my listening audience may remember some of those stories from a long-running series on television. If you do, you'll recognize the characters in this story I'm going to read to you today. The title is Mr. Edwards Meets Santa Claus. So, prepare yourselves to travel back in time with the help of author Laura Ingalls Wilder to a time when a shiny penny would seem like a fortune to two little girls. Mr. Edwards Meets Santa Claus by Laura Ingalls Wilder. The days were short and cold. The wind whistled sharply, but there was no snow. Cold rains were falling. Day after day the rain fell, pattering on the roof and pouring from the eaves. Mary and Laura stayed close to the fire, sewing their nine-patch quilt blocks or cutting paper dolls from scraps of wrapping paper and hearing the wet sound of the rain. Every night was so cold that they expected to see snow the next morning, but in the morning they saw only sad, wet grass. They pressed their noses against the squares of glass in the windows that Pa had made, and they were glad they could see out, but they wished they could see snow. Laura was anxious because Christmas was near, and Santa Claus and his reindeer could not travel without snow. Mary was afraid that, even if it snowed, Santa Claus couldn't find them, so far away in Indian territory. When they asked Ma about this, she said she didn't know. What day is it? they asked her anxiously. How many more days till Christmas? And they counted off the days on their fingers till there was only one more day left. Rain was still falling that morning. There was not one crack in the gray sky. They felt almost sure there would be no Christmas. Still, they kept hoping. Just before noon, the light changed. The clouds broke and drifted apart, shining white in a clear blue sky. The sun shone, birds sang, and thousands of drops of water sparkled on the grasses. But when Ma opened the door to let in the fresh, cold air, they heard the creek roaring. They hadn't thought about the creek. Now they knew they would have no Christmas, because Santa Claus couldn't cross that roaring creek. Pa came in, bringing a big, fat turkey. If it weighed less than 20 pounds, he said he'd eat it, feathers and all. He asked Laura, How's that for a Christmas dinner? Think you can manage one of those drumsticks? She said, Yes, she could. But she was sober. Then Mary asked him if the creek was going down, and he said it was still rising. Ma said it was too bad. She hated to think of Mr. Edwards eating his bachelor cooking all alone on Christmas Day. 
Mr. Edwards had been asked to eat Christmas dinner with them. Pa shook his head and said a man would risk his neck trying to cross that creek now. No, he said, that current's too strong. We'll just have to make up our minds that Edwards won't be here tomorrow. Of course, that meant that Santa Claus couldn't come either. Laura and Mary tried not to mind too much. They watched Ma dress the wild turkey, and it was a very fat turkey. They were lucky little girls to have a good house to live in and a warm fire to sit by, and such a turkey for their Christmas dinner. Ma said so, and it was true. Ma said it was too bad that Santa Claus couldn't come this year, but that they were such good girls that he hadn't forgotten them. He would surely come next year. Still, they were not happy. After supper that night, they washed their hands and faces, buttoned their red flannel nightgowns, tied their nightcap strings, and soberly said their prayers. They lay down in bed and pulled the covers up. It didn't seem at all like Christmas time. Pa and Ma sat silently by the fire. After a while, Ma asked why Pa didn't play the fiddle, and he said, I don't seem to have the heart to, Caroline. After a longer while, Ma suddenly stood up. I'm going to hang up your stockings, girl, she said. Maybe something will happen. Laura's heart jumped, but then she thought again of the creek, and she knew nothing could happen. Ma took one of Mary's clean stockings and one of Laura's, and she hung them up by the mantel shelf on either side of the fireplace. Laura and Mary watched her over the edge of their bed covers. "'Now go to sleep,' Ma said, kissing them good night. "'Morning will come quicker if you're asleep.' She sat down again by the fire, and Laura almost went to sleep. She woke up a little when she heard Pa say, You've only made it worse, Caroline. And she thought she heard Ma say, No, Charles, there's the white sugar. But perhaps she was dreaming. Then she heard Jack growl savagely. The door latch rattled, and someone said, Ingles, Ingles. Pa was stirring up the fire, and when he opened the door, Laura saw that it was morning. The outdoors was gray. Great fish hooks, Edwards. Come in, man. What's happened? Pa exclaimed. Laura saw the stockings limply dangling, and she scrooged her eyes shut into the pillow. She heard Pa piling wood on the fire, and she heard Mr. Edwards say that he'd carried his clothes on his head when he swam the creek. His teeth rattled and his voice shivered. He'd be all right, though, he said, as soon as he got warm. It was too big a risk, Edwards, Pa said. We're glad you're here, but that was too big a risk for a Christmas dinner. Your little ones had to have a Christmas, Mr. Edwards replied. No creek could stop me after I fetched them their gifts from Independence. Laura sat straight up in bed. Did you see Santa Claus? she shouted. I sure did, Mr. Edwards said. Where? When? What did he look like? 
What did he say? Did he really give you something for us? Mary and Laura cried. Wait, wait a minute, Mr. Edwards laughed. And Ma said she would put the presents in the stockings, as Santa Claus intended. She said they mustn't look. Mr. Edwards came and sat on the floor by their bed, and he answered every question they asked him. They honestly tried not to look at Ma, and they didn't quite see what she was doing. When he saw the creek rising, Mr. Edwards said, he'd known that Santa Claus couldn't get across it. But you crossed it, Laura said. Yes, Mr. Edwards replied, but Santa Claus is too old and fat. He couldn't make it where a long, lean razorback like me could do so. And Mr. Edwards reasoned that if Santa Claus couldn't cross the creek, likely he could come no further than Independence. Why should he come 40 miles across the prairie only to be turned back? Of course he wouldn't do that. So Mr. Edwards had walked to Independence. In the rain, Mary asked. Mr. Edwards said he wore his rubber coat. And there, coming down the street in Independence, he had met Santa Claus. In the daytime, Laura asked. She hadn't thought that anyone could see Santa Claus in the daytime. No, Mr. Edwards said it was night, but light shone out across the street from the saloons. Well, the first thing Santa Claus said was, Hello, Edwards. Did he know you? Mary asked and Laura asked. How did you know he was really Santa Claus? Mr. Edwards said that Santa Claus knew everybody, and he'd recognized Santa at once by his whiskers. Santa Claus had the longest, thickest, whitest set of whiskers west of the Mississippi. So Santa Claus said, Hello, Edwards. Last time I saw you, you were sleeping in a corn-shuck bed in Tennessee. And Mr. Edwards well remembered the little pair of red yarn mittens that Santa Claus had left for him that time. Then Santa Claus said, I understand you're living now down along the Verdigree River. Have you ever met up down yonder with two little girls named Mary and Laura? I surely am acquainted with them, Mr. Edwards replied. It rests heavy on my mind, said Santa Claus. They are both of them sweet, pretty, good little things, and I know they're expecting me. I surely do hate to disappoint two good little girls like them. Yet, with the water up the way it is, I can't ever make it across that creek. I can figure no way whatsoever to get to their cabin this year. Edwards, Santa Claus said, would you do me the big favor to fetch them their gifts for me this time? I'll do that with pleasure, Mr. Edwards told him. Then Santa Claus and Mr. Edwards stepped across the street to the hitching post where the pack mule was tied. Didn't he have his reindeer? Laura asked. You know he couldn't, Mary said. There isn't any snow. Exactly, said Mr. Edwards. Santa Claus traveled with a pack mule in the southwest. And Santa Claus unclenched the pack and looked through it, and he took out the presents for Mary and Laura. Oh, what are they? Laura cried, but Mary asked. Then what did he do? 
Then he shook hands with Mr. Edwards, and he swung up on his fine bay horse. Santa Claus rode well for a man of his weight and build, and he tucked his long white whiskers under his bandana. So long, Edwards, he said, and he rode away on the Fort Dodge Trail, leading his pack mule and whistling. Laura and Mary were silent for an instant, thinking of that. Then Ma said, You may look now, girls. Something was shining bright in the top of Laura's stocking. She squealed and jumped out of bed. So did Mary. But Laura beat her to the fireplace, and the shining thing was a glittering new tin cup. Mary had one exactly like it. These new tin cups were their very own. Now each of them had a cup to drink out of. Laura jumped up and down and shouted and laughed, but Mary stood still and looked with shining eyes at her own tin cup. Then they plunged their hands into the stockings again, and they pulled out two long sticks of candy. It was peppermint candy, striped red and white. They looked and looked at that beautiful candy, and Laura licked her stick, just one lick. But Mary was not so greedy. She didn't even take one lick of her stick. Those stockings weren't empty yet. Mary and Laura pulled out two small packages. They unwrapped them and each found a little heart-shaped cake. Over their delicate brown tops was sprinkled white sugar. The sparkling grains lay like tiny drifts of snow. The cakes were too pretty to eat. Mary and Laura just looked at them. But at last, Laura turned hers over, and she nibbled a tiny nibble from underneath where it wouldn't show. And the inside of that little cake was white. It had been made with pure white flour and sweetened with white sugar. Laura and Mary never would have looked in their stockings again. The cups and the cakes and the candy were almost too much. They were too happy to speak. But Ma asked if they were sure the stockings were empty. When they put their arms down inside them to make sure, and in the very toe of each stocking was a bright, shiny new penny. They had never even thought of such a thing as having a penny. Think of having a whole penny for your very own. Think of having a cup and a cake and a stick and candy and a penny. There never had been such a Christmas. Now, of course, right away, Laura and Mary should have thanked Mr. Edwards for bringing these lovely presents all the way from Independence. But they'd forgotten all about Mr. Edwards. They'd even forgotten Santa Claus. In a minute, they would have remembered. But before they did, Ma said gently, Aren't you going to thank Mr. Edwards? Oh, thank you, Mr. Edwards, thank you, they said. And they meant it with all their hearts. Pa shook Mr. Edwards' hand, too, and shook it again. Pa and Ma and Mr. Edwards acted as if they were almost crying. Laura didn't know why. 
So she gazed again at her beautiful presence. She looked up again when Ma gasped, and Mr. Edwards was taking sweet potatoes out of his pockets. He said they had helped to balance the package on his head when he swam across the creek. He thought Pa and Ma might like them with the Christmas turkey. There were nine sweet potatoes. Mr. Edwards had brought them all the way from town, too. It was just too much, Pa said so. It's too much, Edwards, he said. They never could thank him enough. Mary and Laura were too much excited to eat breakfast. They drank the milk from their shining new cups, but they could not swallow the rabbit stew and the cornmeal mush. Don't make them, Charles, Ma said. It will soon be dinner time. For Christmas dinner there was the tender, juicy, roasted turkey, There were the sweet potatoes baked in the ashes and carefully wiped so that you could eat the good skins, too. There was a loaf of salt-rising bread made from the last of the white flour. And after all that, there were stewed, dried blackberries and little cakes. But these little cakes were made with brown sugar, and they didn't have white sugar sprinkled over their tops. Then Pa and Ma and Mr. Edwards sat by the fire and talked about Christmas times back in Tennessee and up north in the big woods. But Mary and Laura looked at their beautiful cakes and played with their pennies and drank water out of their new cups. And little by little, they licked and sucked their sticks of candy till each stick was sharp-pointed on one end. That was a happy Christmas. And I hope yours will be a happy Christmas too. God bless you and bring you back to Aunt Blanche's Story Corner soon. <laughs>